That's a great content it. idea. All right, I'm on Dr. it. I'm working Jekyll on it. Yeah. Mr. Hyde, like trying to figure out who he likes here. He has to get the yardage up for me to be, have confidence. And I didn't see it. four games, Travis, of only, of over 250. Yeah, and like, games. look, career wise, he's never been a guy, a big yardage guy. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> Nation. It's Wednesday, June 17th, and you're listening to episode 104 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks, Big Travi, and me, Chelsea. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers. And you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com, where we have articles and our latest episodes, as well as a bunch of fresh swag. And if you want to support our show, you can sign up as a patron of The Fantasy Whispers, where you'll gain access to a ton of bonus content. So head on over to patreon.com and search The Fantasy Whispers today. Yes. What's up? We're hey, here. We she, did it. Hey, uh, you sound so much, so much better, Chelsea. Uh, you sound yeah, way we got better. The new mic. Yeah. Got the yeah. new mic. Got Coming that. in crystal clear, which means her insults and uh, and her uh, chastising of us will come in crystal clear as well. So maybe hey. we maybe we should have not given the new mic out. I think. Uh, yeah. What I'm, What I'm have we done? The decision. What, yeah, yeah. What have we done? The impulse, the impulse buy was not a good decision. And it never no, is. We, we couldn't rob Whisper Nation anymore of the silky smooth uh, voice of the woman behind the glass. So yeah. glad to have you a little more crystal clear here. We're obviously still, you know, social distancing. So she hasn't been able to come over to the lab as, as often or at all, really. Um, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's great to have the mic rocking and rolling. And it's great to dive into the show, Johnny, this week. As always, we're going to jump into some top topics we saw on Reddit, of course, but we're also going to get into some value quarterbacks and tight ends that are also going to be kind of a buy or sell situation with these quarterbacks and tight ends because you're going to see a lot of name value and you're going to want to maybe snag these guys up in your drafts because they're going so late, but maybe it's built into their ADP and maybe we need to talk through that. So we're definitely going to do that for Whisper Nation. As always, if you're listening to the show on the audio for the first time, go ahead and subscribe to that podcast on whatever podcast platform you are on. If you can leave a review, that would help us in a major way. If you're watching this via video on YouTube, first of all, thank you very much for being a part of Whisper Nation. And go ahead and hit like and subscribe. Uh, Hit those notifications. Get the bell going so you know when we deliver this fresh content each and every day on YouTube and weekly on the podcast shows. So, Johnny, we're going to jump into this right now. How pumped are you for this episode? Dude, I I was doing research like I normally do uh, for each and every show. And the more and more I'm like uncovering and like I, I text you like you'll, you we were laughing about it yesterday on our on our show prep because I was just like texting you all these like tidbits of information that were just kind of like shocking to me. And you're like, dude, save it for the show. Save it for the yeah. show. I don't want to know your yeah. whole arguments. So, uh, but we, we got a lot of your detriment. If I, if you give me all the information, I'm just going to slice you up on the show. Yeah. And it's, it does, it's not fair for whisper nation for that. So I just, I just, you know, started talking to myself, you know, it's, that's normal, right? Normally do. Yeah. Yeah. That that's normal. So, um, it's fine to talk to yourself. I think it's bad if you answer yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I may have done that too. You know, 
Uh, sometimes like I'll you're just, just telling people, don't interrupt me when I'm talking to myself. Yeah, that's what I told. Yeah. I said I'm I'm self-employed now, so whenever yeah. I'm talking to myself, I'm just in a meeting. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. No, I uh, I'm excited for this episode too. I think there's just so much we're we're finding in the new format that we've been running uh, for you guys, Whisper Nation. We've been really diving into things that interest us the most. That it, you know we've seen that on YouTube it interests you as well. So without further ado, let's jump into some of these topics. The first topic is a big one. Um, Cowboys Ezekiel Elliott is one of the players who has tested positive for coronavirus. Um, his agent confirmed that to Ian. That, oh shit! You got coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's real. Uh, it's it's happened, and I can't help but think of Dak Prescott's giant party that everyone went to. No, I know it's a probably a little too far away for that one. But yeah, dude, I that mean, was uh, that was twenty days ago. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he's probably reached past that. But now we've got Ezekiel Elliott, and this had me thinking, Johnny. Are we in a year in twenty twenty where running back handcuffs are more important than they have ever been? Uh, and that starts here with Zeke Elliott, who has coronavirus confirmed. And his backup, of course, is Tony Pollard, who was the preseason superstar uh, last year or the year before when he was in the holdout, uh, when, when Zeke was in his mini holdout uh, and chilling down in Mexico. So, Johnny, uh, what's your thought on handcuffs? Does it change with 2020 with the pandemic? So I, I think it's important to note first off why we're bringing this up because it's the whole uh, cost over replacement argument is what we're trying to talk about. And if you're not familiar with it, it's basically stating the whole um, you know thesis of the argument is that you are limiting your upside by grabbing uh, handcuffs because as long as your player, which you don't ever want to go down, is remains healthy, the person on your bench is it's useless because you can't put them in your lineup most often unless it's a, a really good run offense, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's the basic ideas. You're limiting your uh, upside. And what are we trying to do in our drafts? We're trying to maximize that upside. Well, it is 2020, like you said, Travis, and, and COVID is something that's very, very serious, uh, something that is, you know, you can't plan for it. it we don't know when you're going to get it, but we do know that once you get it, that's it. There's no like, hey, maybe he can play with this or may you, like you're gone. You're gone for 14 days quarantine, no seeing anybody else. Hopefully you live like that's a, also another reality is like, hopefully you don't die um from this but anyway getting back to the main point a uh, main point uh i do think it is more important this year to have uh handcuffs with that are on higher power offenses i don't think that if you are on for example todd Gurley. I know Edo Smith is the backup there. I know exactly how much garbage Edo Smith is. Like, I'm not going to waste a pick on grabbing Edo Smith to lock up that backfield. Like, if Todd Gurley goes down, okay, like, I'm okay. I'm going to look somewhere else. This, two, this makes it two years in a row where Johnny yeah. just goes hard at Edo Smith. And Edo Smith is going to prove me right two years in a row. So, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, same with, like, Le'Veon Bell. Same kind of situation. I, you know, Frank Orr, he, you know, I'm not... Yeah. yeah, I think it's just about like what you're trying to say here for sure is with Tony Pollard, you have a you have a decent shot that if Zeke goes down, Tony Pollard's going to come in, not replace Zeke, not be a top 10 back, 
but could be a top 15, top 20 back based on the usage that he could get in that offense and what he had shown us before. So I think it really just depends on which situation you're going in. Obviously, we talked about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt last week. You want to get Nick Chubb. Oh, I'd be getting get both Kareem of those. Hunt regardless. Yeah. yeah. Regardless. But like now you've got an elite. He's probably the best case scenario. That's the best handcuff there is if you can even call him a handcuff right uh, uh, so yeah I, I think that it's you, you just need to understand which of the premium offenses are out there um, I think if there was a situation with Mark Ingram and you had J.K. Dobbins that's a huge situation oh, yeah an offense you'd want a piece of right uh, carry on Johnson and DeAndre Swift I think if 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 you get DeAndre Swift and carry on Johnson goes down that's replacement value as you were saying there Johnny I love that you brought that up here's what's so crazy too is so COVID gets, uh, you know, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott gets diagnosed with COVID and immediately his his draft stock just plummets. Right. Even yeah. though we're like two months from the season we're and we did a mock draft. I got him in the ninth pick on Monday. We did a mo- live mock draft. Dalvin Cook, who we will talk about on the show, uh, but did not, you know, he's not showing up. He said he's not showing up to camp. His his didn't move. His did not move at all. So it's just yeah. funny how fickle people are with certain uh, bits of news. I would not be concerned with Zeke having COVID as of right now. He's saying his agent is saying that he's good and that he's yeah, healthy. He feels good and that he'll probably be good by the time uh, we start camp. Yep. Or start preseason. All right, moving on. We're going to talk a little bit about one of Johnny's favorite wide receivers and should be Whisper Nation's, one of Whisper Nation's favorite wide receiver. We're going to talk about Kenny Galladay, Johnny, here. Um, we were cruising around on Reddit, and we see the uh, headline, which comes from a Roto World art- article written by Ian Harditz, and it says, Is Kenny Galladay primed for a massive 2020? Um, I read this article. I thought it was fantastic. Johnny, we'll get into some of the nuts and bolts of that. But I think people don't realize how good Kenny G was last year. So what is the fantasy football outlook outlook for Kenny Galladay? Uh, I would bet that Kenny G is probably the cheapest top 10 wide receiver that you can acquire right now in Dynasty. And uh, certainly... When you when you go to draft him in you know August and, and early September, people are not going to give you that ooh and ah reaction that we love to get as as fantasy drafters, right? Um, Kenny G doesn't pop off like I, I you know for the longest time I'm I'm looking at these you know doing mock drafts and stuff and I'm like Kenny G why is he going so high like I was even caught up in it right like I was like there's no way he should be going this high. And then once I started diving into, you know, what he was actually, what he did last year, Travis, 116 targets, 65 receptions for uh, just under 1,200 yards and 12 and 11 touchdowns. But he had 25% of the market share in uh, for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I understand people are going to say, oh, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is coming back. And Marvin Jones is a, you know, he was a thousand yards receiver. If you go and accumulate the last 16 games that he's played, he's over a thousand yards receiver. And, you know, Travis and uh, our, our boy Summy over there at, uh, he, they, they loved him. They love Marvin Jones. Said, oh, ignore Kenny G. Go with Marvin. He's a better value. But what did Kenny G? Kenny G ended up finishing as the wide receiver five last year, Travis. That is such a surprise. That is such a surprise to a lot of people, including myself. I didn't think he finished that high. 
But he had 37 deep targets, number one in the league. He's getting, he's getting, um, uh, I'm now I'm blinking on Matthew Stafford back. And we'll like, what's not to like about Kenny G? Yeah, I think I think the the big thing, and, and Ian got on this in his article on RotoWorld.com. You guys should check it out. It's a, it's a great article. But he talked about the 36 deep ball targets that Johnny mentioned. Pro Football Focus had him as the league high uh, last year. Yeah. But I think he also got into what we're and talking Julio about. was Obviously, at number two. Julio had 31. Yeah, and there's some stuff here to make the case versus uh, Marvin Jones, right? There's definitely some. If you look at since 20, uh, 2017, they've played in Galladay's played in 42 games. Jones has played in 38. You know, Galladay only has five more receptions. He's got four less touchdowns. And he's got about 400 more yards than Marvin Jones. So they're very comparable. But here's the thing. Matthew Stafford is one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. Yes, he was only in eight games last year. Yes, he had a back injury. But the point that Ian likes to make here, and I think it's a great one, is that since 2014, wide receivers have understandably averaged more PPR on red zone and deep ball targets, meaning targets down the field. And who throws better than Matt Stafford? I mean, not a lot of people right. throwing down the field. And this offense is going to be efficient again because, I mean. They get Stefanski in. Stafford. Or, sorry, yeah. they don't get no, Stefanski no. in. Sorry. No, no, no. No, it was more about Matt Stafford hitting those uh, those rates, uh, you know, those efficiency rates under Daryl Bevel. So yeah. I think that, you, you know, you're sleeping on the Lions. Look, I, I've, I've been on this show and talked a little crap on the Lions. I will admit it. I that's a big that's a big no-no for me to like you stared in the camera and yelled at matt patricia once yeah. i believe well so for sure that, he, he did but, deserve that he deserved yeah. that 100 percent. matt patricia is not a big enough detriment to the offense because it seems to be he's focused on the defense yeah. and he needs to be because it's very bad but uh daryl bevel seems to be doing the right thing on offense at least for matt stafford you know matt stafford lost jim bob cooter a couple of years ago when he was being really efficient with him and now he seems to be really efficient with daryl bevel i think as long as matt stafford can be efficient like he was last year he doesn't have to be as efficient even but second year guys in a in a system tend to be efficient kenny galladay yeah. is a lock for a top 10 wide receiver and marvin jones is probably a lock for top 25 if stafford's healthy I've, year too. Uh, well i will say that yeah marvin jones could be a nice little value later in leagues but he's getting older like he's he's like 31 years old right no, now he, like, ju he just turned 30 you know, he yeah, just turned 30 yeah, okay he's, well he's any got, it's the benchmark age yeah so like i'm not concerned with the marvin jones uh i mean i think marvin jones is somewhat of a value but i i'm not concerned that it it, it hinders Kenny G at all in any way I think it'll it'll actually help him because um, he's played Kenny G has played well with Marvin Jones on the field so it's not like he doesn't still get the deep targets it's not like he still doesn't get targeted heavily like he's still going to get that and so like I said I think that Kenny G here's I think a lot of people think Kenny G might have hit his ceiling and that's why he's going you know where he's going you know and why people aren't you know super excited about taking him where he is because I think that they're like oh well he's hit his ceiling I think Kenny G could be a top three wide receiver in this league and and it could be this year oh yeah I mean we, he was hella close last year on only eight games out of uh Matt Stafford yeah so I I don't think that's a a wild accusation. I think right where he's at, though, he's a nice value in the third round. You could pick him up after taking a couple running backs and be sitting there with a for sure top 10 wide receiver. Uh, I think that's great. Yeah. So let's move on here, Johnny, and talk about another big headline coming out of, uh, you know, this offseason. And that's Dalvin Cook deciding that he's going to hold out. Uh, the report latest was 
he felt disrespected by Minnesota's offer. Uh, this is out of usatoday.com. Oh, sounds like someone familiar I know over here on this show. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, I know. Is this I, is, I, is yeah. Big Travi? Are you all of a sudden Dalvin Cook's agent, or or you guys have the same agent? We you share. Guys have, agent. You yeah. share the same yeah. agent. Oh, got we it. Agent. All right, yeah. makes sense now. But here's the thing. I, I thought I'd if heard I don't, this. Well, I've just never been more disrespected in my life, you know, and I just feel like I'm going to have to hold out to prove my worth <laughs> here to the fantasy whispers. I'm just, I'm just saying. But no, all kidding aside, here Dalvin Cook is planning to hold out, yeah. and there is a contract dispute there. So, Johnny, it's really got me wondering now. You talked about the ADP at the top of the show. Is Dalvin Cook worth the risk in 2020? So his current ADP right now is 105. Like I said, in most mock drafts that we have gone, like Dalvin is like the third pick in general. Um, And if he is, if he comes into uh, training camp and, and signs, I expect him to be that third pick, the 103. Even with that, he had 250 carries last year. He had 53 receptions for 519 yards. Um, you look at Gary Kubiak coming in, you could say that with the offensive scheme that those numbers could go up. Gary Kubiak runs a nice zone scheme, which Dalvin Cook is good in. Uh, the receptions could go up uh, for him. So, you, you know, you could be seeing he had over uh, 1,100 rushing yards with ranked ninth in the league. So all of that is good. All those are good signs. And I'm not doubting that. He was number four in evaded tackles with 86. Like, this guy is a talented running back. But what I will say is a couple of things. He had, I talk about the receptions, he had eight drops last year. That was number two in the league uh, for running backs. He's got to get that up. Um, And he did have 11 breakaway runs, which was good for eighth in the league. I expect that to regress. I don't think he'll get as many breakaway runs. But here's why I am off of the boat, and I do think that Dalvin Cook is too big of a risk in 2020. You look at all of the previous running backs who have held out, uh, regardless or irregardless. I'm not sure which one to use here. Uh, But uh, regardless of whether they signed or not, or held out for a significant amount of time, in almost every single case that I looked up, except for, I mean, there were, I looked at 15 cases, and of those 15 cases, only three of them did yeah, the I think player. It was like Emmett Smith, Eric Dickerson, and a couple of like phenom running backs exa- that had monster years that year. Yep. And, and, um, other well, than like those Dickerson, guys in Dickerson's case, he held out the first time with the Rams balled out. He held out the second time with the Colts was not like he was right. not the same afterwards. And if you, even if you look at re, like recent stuff, Zeke Gordon and David Johnson, the David Johnson one is kind of hard because he was injured that year after he really popped off. And then he held out uh, after being injured. So I couldn't really get a gauge on like the drop off there. Uh, But you look at Melvin Gordon, who did it last year, uh, two years ago, right before the holdout, he was averaging 22.6 points per, per game. When he last year, when he came back after the holdout, he was only averaging 15.1 points per game. So a a pretty significant drop off there of like seven points. Uh, Zeke, he did come back before the start of the season, but he held out most of training camp. His drop off uh, from 2018, he scored 21.8 fantasy points per game. And then in 2019, he only scored 19.5 fantasy points per game. So a drop off of about two fantasy points, which might not seem significant. But ask Travis, ask me, ask Chelsea. There has been several games that we have lost 
under two points uh, of per game. So that's pretty significant for a guy who you know is, is you're drafting f- with your very first pick. I want that to be solid. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be. I want as little risk as possible with that pick. And for me, Dalvin Cook is just too expensive, and I see a regression. So at, I'm at at the risk of having recency bias. You have to look at you know these. Um, holdouts that have happened and I think last year's with Melvin Gordon is the best one to look at I think you're talking about guys that are similar in talent maybe Dalvin Cook has slightly more talent maybe he does but maybe the Chargers offense was a little bit more explosive if you're if you're thinking about it and so in that case I think that it evens out and if you're saying that he is this year's Melvin Gordon then that ADP has to come down because right now it's at the 105 spot. And right there, yes, Dalvin Cook is not worth the risk at 105. He starts getting to the back of the first, the beginning to middle of the second. I'm kind of okay if we have some signs that this could happen because you're able to get another stud and you don't have to absorb so much risk right away if your other stud hits. So, yes, Dalvin Cook is a little bit too risky this year. Talking about another guy in that top five running backs uh, off the board, Johnny, is Alvin Kamara right now. Uh, currently, Alvin Kamara is being drafted at the 104 spot in, in most 12-team leagues. But, Johnny, after uh, his his Joel, uh, his running back coach, Joel Thomas, was saying people don't understand what Alvin Kamara went through. said no one really knows how much Kamara went through to play with a knee, ankle, and back injuries. He pointed out body language and interpreted it as something else. Uh, but Kamara was playing through a lot. And so I think, you know, Johnny, the question comes down. Are people too low on Alvin Kamara? It can be for a top five back. Yeah, that's so a lot of people are going to be like scratching their heads. They're going to be like, why are they talking about, you know, Alvin Kamara being too high and too low at, at the 105 or 104 pick? Uh, but I think the I think when you're when you're breaking down his game film, what he did last year, Look, as for as bad of a season that he had, and listen, I had Alvin Kamara, and I had a feeling before the season because, listen, I was on, I was like Alvin Kamara, he's been so efficient. I finally came around to it, and I had a feeling that that was going to burn me because I had been so opposed to it. That anyway, and I would say, yeah, I was disappointed because I thought he, I was getting this this great elusive running back, and he was hurt a lot, and he wasn't as efficient as I thought. He only scored 208 fantasy points. He only recorded one receiving touchdown after doing set, having seven receiving touchdowns a prior year, Travis. So yeah, a lot of people are disappointed. They're feeling burnt. So they're, they're sitting in their car or, or listening to this through their AirPods and saying, no, Al- Alvin Kamara, there's no way he's undervalued. But I would argue that there is a way that he is the number one fantasy running back this year. And I am heavily, con- if I'm at the number two spot, I might even take him over Saquon Barkley because Travis, even though he had such a terrible year last year, paid, played through a lot of pain, he still only had two games all last year where he scored under 10 fantasy points in a half PPR league. Pretty solid there. He record He's recorded 81 receptions in all three years. Every single year of his career, he's recorded exactly 81 receptions. He's had over 100 targets two out of those three years. The third year, he had like 97, so just barely under. And he was on his, you know, 180 rushing attempts is somewhere where he's going to get. He's got hit that mark pretty much every year. So I'm, I'm guaranteeing that I'm getting a super elusive guy, barring injury. This guy is a stud. 
And most people yeah. don't rem- they don't remember that because of recency bias. Yeah, you talk about how he finishes the RB sixteen last year, burned a lot of people, myself included. I traded him uh, a little, I think, midway through the season in the league that I had him in. But I remember yeah, talking yeah, about that trade because we had yeah. you had like pennies on the dollar on it. But yeah, so I think the thing is, is like Johnny said, barring those injuries, which you can never draft for, the guy is top five last year, even with all those injuries in targets in receptions and in receiving yards amongst running backs. So you're getting a guy we talked about earlier in the show, the difference in targets. Well, the difference between a running, a rushing attempt and a target as a running back is huge. Targets are way more valuable. And we're seeing a guy that is paired with Drew Brees and maybe Drew Brees final year trying to make a run at this Super Bowl is finally fully healthy and is a guy that is a huge part of this offense. And Sean Payton knows exactly how to use him when he's full tilt. You guys should not have any hesitation in drafting Alvin Kamara if he's your number one back off the board. And that and I would take him over CMC and Saquon if that's how I felt. I The only thing I want to say here is it, it's going to be up to you. I mean, I think it's I think they're in the same tiers is basically what I'm getting at. And I think you don't you shouldn't have any hesitation. Well, people that. might be saying to, you know, like, oh, well. You guys were so high on Latavius Murray last year. Why are you all? And Latavius Murray had a solid year last year. But here's the thing. They didn't improve or or, or that, that situation didn't change. It's the same situation. Yet Latavius Murray is a year older. So if you were off of the Latavius Murray bandwagon last year and were like, oh, well, he's not a good running, blah, blah, blah. Then you should definitely be off of that this year because he's a year older. Um, so I, I'm. You know, Latavius is like 30, so I'm yeah, all in on Alvin Kamara. This player year. player profile says he's 30.4. Yeah, so I, I, that's funny. They put point four. I know it gets confusing. I looked up a player last week and it said like point point eight or something. I'm like, I don't even want to think about when that. That's what I should start telling people when it's my, <laughs> yeah. like I'm 30.6. Right. That's just what we just keep going. <laughs> How with. old are you? 30.6. 30. I'm I'm 30.9. <laughs> I'm 30 and three quarters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. So that kind of wraps it up. I think Alvin Kamara is going to be going to have a real nice bounce back season. People should quit hesitating so much on him. But now we're going to get to the main event of the show here, Johnny. We're going to talk top draft values or at least name values at the QB and tight end position. And we're going to do a little buy or sell with these guys. Let's start with the quarterbacks, Johnny, and start with a guy. Very near and dear to my heart. Aaron Rodgers, number 12 of the Green Bay Packers. Discount double check himself is sitting here. This is a guy like just a couple years ago that was a consistent top two quarterback. Not top five, not top ten. Like he was either one or two in fantasy football for a good stretch of years. Listen, we had to do the discount double check when we saw the ADP of Aaron Rodgers. That's but his ADP has him sitting in the ninth round, and it just on first of all, it's really making me feel that thirty (laughs) point six age. But uh, I feel a little old when I see Aaron Rodgers dipping in ADP. But Johnny, are you buying or selling this ADP for Aaron Rodgers in the ninth round? So like you, I was very surprised that we were because just last year we were talking about Aaron Rodgers as, hey, is he going you know bounce back year? We, you know, all this stuff. He was going as the two or three quarterback, second or third quarterback off the board last year. And I look at his numbers. I looked at where he finished last year and it it wasn't pretty, Travis. And, and I 
this is for Whisper Nation. This is just a little side note. When we jumped into these show notes and we threw up Aaron Rodgers, we were like, we said, "Oh wow, this is a value, Aaron Rodgers." And I told Travis with a heavy heart, I said, "Travis, I I apologize if I find anything terrible." with Aaron Rodgers. This might not go the way that you want it to go. And he <laughs> he's, he assured me that he was okay. So I'm about to let it loose a little bit here. Hopefully Big Travi does not leave the show uh, after the, after this conversation here about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, listen, I have no problem with Aaron Rodgers from a quarterback standpoint. He is still super, super, super good. Like 26 touchdowns, over 4,000 passing yards. Number one in money throws, Travis, with 34. 34 money throws, Travis. It's spot on. The best throw in the NFL. So with that, I everyone's like, well, why would your confidence go down? And why wouldn't you be grabbing Aaron Rodgers in the ninth round? Well, I'll tell you why. You look at the starting the starting schedule, Vikings, Lions, Saints, Falcons. Not bad. I don't mind that at all. So uh, I think that he could get off to a nice little start. But the big problem, Travis, two years ago, he only had four games where he had less than 250 passing yards. Last year, he only had... Four games in which he had over 250 passing yards. The passing yards have gone away completely. The talent is still there. Aaron Rodgers can still do it. And now you can argue the chip on your shoulder. I would, I would, I would accept that argument that Aaron Rodgers is going to come in with the chip on his shoulder. But I'm sorry, that's such a huge, huge concern for me. Boom, boomer bust. You're talking about a huge boomer bust candidate here. He only had four games in the top four last season. Everything else was like bottom 20 at the quarterback position. Um, so unfortunately for me, I would probably have to pass on Aaron Rodgers because I don't know if I believe in the chip on his shoulder so much so that that will bring up the yardage. He has to get the yardage up for me to be, have confidence. And I didn't see it. Four games, Travis? Of only, of over two hundred. Yeah, and passing. like, look, career wise, he's never been a guy, a big yardage guy. But what he has been is he's thrown a lot of touchdowns and he's thrown very minimal interceptions. They have had a uh, d- very different offense last year than that they've had in the last ten years. Meaning that it was, you know, we had a very strong defense. We being the Green Bay Packers had a very strong defense last year um, that got after the quarterback really well, and so. Aaron Rodgers was not forced to be the guy that he had to be in years past, and I think. You know, based on how they drafted or didn't draft wide receivers, based on how they drafted, you know, A.J. Dillon. I don't know if you've seen a picture of A.J. Dillon. Oh, that, that dude's a beast. Yoked. Yeah. Um, and so that's at the running back position to complement Aaron Jones. I think we're watching, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur turn this into oh. a Shanahan 3.0, 2.0 kind of thing here where they will pound the rock and play to a strong defense, or at least that's what they want to do. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of – you know, there's a lot of validity in what Johnny's saying here as far as the yardage going down. But I will say this is the second year of that offense, which means some of those younger wide receivers will have a chance to step forward. Um, they drafted a couple. They drafted a tight end this year and last year, which means multiple tight ends. They're going to be Sternberger. Running. Uh, love that guy. Jay Sternberger is a good weapon. I think there's a lot of people that people don't really know about because it is Green Bay. They draft and develop. But I would not be surprised if Aaron Rodgers' touchdown numbers go up. The yardage could stay about the same. I mean, last year he had 4,002 yards. It was a dip from the year before, yes, about 400 yards difference. So I think the yardage could go up. 
he's definitely hovered around the 4,300 yard range with, you know, about three or four more touchdowns um, or I mean, sorry, five or six more touchdowns. So I think Aaron Rodgers actually is still a value at nine ten. Like he's going around guy or he's going around before Matt Stafford. I know that's the guy we're going to talk about next. And yeah. he's got a lot to offer here. So you could wait around and go with Stafford, but I'm not, a, I'm not, look, if you want to play, uh, you know, you stacked it, you stacked eight rounds of position guys, and then you want to take Aaron Rodgers in the ninth. I, I mean, I think that's a good bet. If he goes up any higher, yeah, I could see that, but I, I like that. I like the upside there. I think that if you he finished it, he finished his QB nine last year, and that was the first year of Matt LaFleur's offense. So just to put it in perspective, Aaron Rodgers had been playing in one offense his entire career and then switched to a new offense last year with not just a, a new head coach, a rookie head coach, his first time calling plays. Yeah. So I think that's the other point to be made here is that Aaron Rodgers is now in year two of that scheme, uh, and I think he's he's a good shot to increase his play, and you're going to get him at a value if he increases it significantly or even just a little bit. I, I do think that with a lot of these quarterbacks that we are going to talk on this show, and I think that this year over – more years significantly there are good quarterbacks you know later in drafts you know late round quarterbacks but i'm more on the strategy this year than ever that if you take one of those late round quarterbacks it's not with the understanding that hey this guy could be my season long starter i mean one of uh, we'll talk about a couple of these guys that actually do think that could end up being season long starters but the majority of these late round quarterbacks are going to be week to week streamers which is going to be fine we'll we'll get you through that whisper nation don't be don't be worried we'll give you week to week streamers but i think that that's where this position is going because what we saw last year was uh we a lot of a lot of the fantasy community started to notice that these these quarterbacks with rushing upsides, uh, we generally want to take higher because they, they have a higher floor. And for the first year, uh, we are actually seeing that adjustment where there's not very many rushing quarterbacks in the later rounds like there have been to, to swing for those fences. The Lamar Jackson, the Patrick Mahomes of, of previous years. Um, so these guys are going to be guys that have upside but they're not going to be as much upside as, as years past is what I'm finding as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. So moving on to Matthew Stafford, he's going off the board as QB 13. His ADP is in the 10th round at 10.01, just barely in the 10th round here, just going a couple slots ahead or uh, behind of Aaron Rodgers. So, Johnny, we got into how good Matt Stafford was for the eight games at the top of the show a little bit with mm-hmm. Kenny G. But give me a little bit of Matt Matt Stafford, and at that ADP, are you buying or selling the value here of Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford, to my disbelief, was on pace last year, Travis, for almost or for five thousand passing yards. So he, this is what he did in eight games, so half the season, threw for twenty twenty five hundred passing yards, nineteen passing touchdowns. And he had 55 deep ball passes. We talked about uh, uh, Kenny G having 37 of those deep or 36 of those deep ball targets. And he was averaging 20.8 fantasy points per game. That ranked number four, number four in the league. I just talked about I didn't think a lot of these uh, quarterbacks could be season long starters. I think Matthew Stafford could be a season long starter for you. I think that he's one of the best values. I'm definitely buying this 100 uh, uh, he's currently quarterback 13, Travis. 
But everything is shown. I mean, getting Marvin Jones back five out of eight games last year, he was QB six or better. His adjusted yards per attempt, 8.6. All these are healthy signs and showing me that it's not he's not going to uh, uh, regress. It will be his second year in this system. We already had seen in the small sample size that he was able to be successful in that in that system. So for me. I'm not, you know, I didn't dive too much into, uh, I should probably look up the schedule for the Detroit Lions. Well, I know that they play uh, the Green Bay Packers in week two, so I do know that. Um, but I'm not sure who their week one opponent, uh, I'm not sure who their <laughs> week one opponent is. But for me, I mean, Matthew Stafford, we've always seen it. He's like, a, he, he loves to sling the rock. And yeah, so I think the biggest thing, we knew he loved to sl- sling the rock. We knew he was a great deep ball thrower, but he had always kind of, masked that with a bunch of bad decisions or, you know, uh, you know, interceptions down the field because he loved to force it too much. But last year, Johnny, um, as that Ian Harditz article we had mentioned before on Roto World, Ian points out that, you know, under OC Daryl Bevel, Matt Stafford had the highest following of his career. Touchdown rate at 6.5%, yards per attempt at 8.6 yards, adjusted yards per attempt at 9.1, yards per completion at 13.4, and QBR at 73.1. He was highly efficient in this new system. He really liked what Bevel brought to the table. After a couple years of being consistent with uh, Jim Bob Cooter as well and being efficient That was your number one offensive coordinator. Travis Travis loved him. We, oh, he was great. Yeah, it was just a, we, just a fun name. Hey, we had a, we played this song for him. Jim Bob. Yeah, we played this song for him when he when he left oh, on yeah. the show. Hey, but, hey. Sorry, I I had to let. We know it was a. Sen- I'm like, sorry. You help yourself. This is just a sensitive show, yourself. Travis. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a sensitive Anyways. show for you. Um, I just think that Matt Stafford's, you know, being discounted as the guy he always used to be. And in eight games last year, he proved he was really humming in this offense. You extrapolate that on the season. He would have been really good, as Johnny was mentioning before. And people are so, not yeah, going to I, remember that. People are not I going to say, remember that. I would league. say out of the guys that we're talking about today, Matt Stafford is probably my favorite as far as value versus upside. Um, do I think that Aaron Rodgers can get to the upside I was talking about? Yes, of course. I'm a Packers fan. I, I would love to believe that Stafford actually has. I think the better path just based on weapons too. Uh, you know, Stafford has a plethora of weapons. We talked about Matthew. Uh, we've talked about Marvin Jones. We've talked about Kenny Galladay, but TJ Hawkinson's another one that, you know, people are kind of sleeping on. We'll get into him. Yeah. So we, we might weapons. as well have, we should have, I just realizing this, we, we should have just named this the just, Detroit lions uh, outlook here. No joke. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wouldn't hesitate grabbing Stafford, especially in the 10th round. If it hovers around that ADP. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on to a couple guys that are, uh, well, Ben Roethlisberger is our next quarterback. He's coming at a, coming out at QB 17. He's in the 11th round, 11.10. And I think what's built built into a lot of his hesitancy to be drafted here is that elbow. I mean, he had a Tommy John-like injury to the elbow, had surgery on that. Um, and so now he's back. He's throwing the football. His beard's trimmed. He's looking good. But is he worth the stab here at QB 17 is he a guy if you're completely punting the position and picking up a guy and your plan is maybe to stream the position Johnny are you okay with starting the year with Ben Roethlisberger so when going through Ben Roethlisberger's entire outlook I'm doing this is is true story I'm going through Ben Roethlisberger's outlook and um, you know I see QB 17 I see ADP 1110. I'm like, check, check. 
two things I already like about Ben Roethlisberger, you know, and my whole strategy that I like to partake in, right? Look up some stories. Juju's over here. I mean, have you ever heard Juju lie? Me neither. Uh, Juju's over here saying, Ben Roethlisberger, you can hear a little zip on the ball when, when he throws it to you. He's, he's saying he's looking good. You have him uh, working out with, you know, Swit, uh, what's, I forgot the slot name or the. Barry uh, Switzer. Yeah, thank you. Uh, saying the same thing. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger's back. So I'm like really getting excited. Like he, my heart's starting to race a little bit. I'm like, ooh, I might have found my like late round gem here. Then I'm like looking even further. 2018. You remember this year, Travis, with Big Ben finished as the number three quarterback in fantasy over 400 fantasy points, over 400 fantasy points, which is like if if you're getting 400 from your quarterback. Hey, so, oh, my gosh, my heart's racing a little bit more. I'm about to text Big Travi. Get deeper into the research. Five out of six years, Travis is unbelievable. Five out of the last six years, he's finished with over 300 fantasy points. At the quarterback position. Oh, my gosh. Have we found it? Have we found the biggest buy that in fantasy like football? We, we might have. And yet that came to a crashing halt. When I looked at what over 300 fantasy points get you last year for a quarterback position, I was like, I found it. I've, I've got my guy. I'm going to try text Big Travi. We got it. We were going to let Whisper Nation know. And then I look it up, and it's just QB12 on the year if you put him at 306 fantasy points or 316 fantasy points, which is what he had two or three years ago, an average of, of three years ago, right? Um, so it's like after all, you look at all the pieces and, and you and you go through the story, you realize his ADP is basically where it should be. Um, now, like I said, uh, to to be confident that, hey, at least I'm going to get a very, very solid quarterback who has the upside to be a quarterback three because we saw it just two years ago. Don't be scared off by the Tommy John surgery. Most players come back better from that surgery. That's what you hear often from pitchers. Um, so I'm not worried about that at all. But uh, it was just a, a roller coaster of emotions researching Big Ben. But Travis, I, you know, what I would ultimately say he's a he's a buy for me because I do think that the upside's there. I do see the same amount of upside uh, that he had yeah, a few I years think- ago. Yeah, I think the QB 70, first of all, like your research sounds like it's super emotional. Um, sounds like you, I mean, you were just really like, dude, I feel like you could go to therapy on just how hard you research. Well, really here's a time lapse of that process for him. Just Johnny, like crying and screaming and celebrating. <laughs> and then, like, Ooh, that's a great content it. idea. All right. I'm on Dr. it. I'm working Jekyll on it. Yeah. Mr. Hyde, like trying to figure out who he likes here. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, because think- here's the, here's the thing. One, I want to help whisper nation out. So I'm like, did I just find treasure that nobody's talking about? And two, I have to outsmart all of you guys because you all all of our friends listen to our show. Thank, we're grateful for that, but they do. And so I have to be I have to be better about my research and how I go I about it. it. I, love, I love a good growth story. Uh, I will just say this about Ben. I think QB 17 is a little too low. I think we're seeing uh, the elbow injury kind of built into that. I think he's definitely, 
you know, a top 15 guy that can sneak within the top 10 very easily based on what the John, you know, the stats Johnny was spewing out about his career. There is one thing, though, about these last five to six years uh, prior to the injury. You know, there is one glaring hole that's in that offense. (laughs) Antonio Brown does not exist on the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore. Now, you can say Juju Smith-Schuster's there. And Deontay Johnson. You've got Deontay Johnson. Do you have enough faith in the supporting cast to believe that they can get back to a top five offense? Because that's what it took for Big Ben to get there. So really, the drafting of Big Ben is if you believe in the Steelers to have a major bounce back offensively this year based on the weapons. I don't know that if I believe it can get to the AB juju level, but it's very interesting to take a chance on a guy like Ben Roethlisberger if you're just if you just keep collecting nuggets in the rounds before and you want to keep waiting on QB. I have no problem with that. We have seen that you can consistently stream the quarterback position and wind up around QB six, seven, or eight somewhere in that range. If you do it correctly, you pick your spots. So Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's he's very cheap right now in the 11th round, and you can stack your team in a lot of different ways for, like Johnny said, a a team or a quarterback position that is pretty deep. Hey, and what did Uh, we just say? What did you this was your exact quote on the last show? What are what do we know is certain to be true in life? That taxes and that the Pittsburgh Steelers draft a good wide receiver. So they I'm I'm not worried about that part of it. Yeah, I would say, you know, drafting AB versus drafting someone else is a little different. But yes, uh, I would uh, I would I mean, I know people tend to forget how good AB was because of how crazy he's become. But I believe that uh, there's definitely some upside in that Pittsburgh offense with a healthy Big Ben. We're going to see it across the board with Juju, Deontay Johnson, James Conner. We're going to see it across the board if Ben stays healthy the whole year. All right, so moving on to our last quarterback, that is a name value going late in rounds. But we need to talk about here if if we're buying or selling the ADP of 13.01 for Kirk Cousins as the QB 20 off the board. Johnny, your boy, you like that? Like that? You like you like Kirk Cousins right there? Oh, uh, if you like the uh, speaking of if you like that, if you liked my uh, reaction and my emotional roller coaster with Ben Roethlisberger, Okay. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kirk Cousins uh, was uh, uh, a bit uglier. Um, it wasn't as as much of an up and down. It was just more of a down with a little speed bump at the end. Uh, as far as my level of excitement for Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, finished as a QB fourteen last year. Nothing. I mean, he there was a a stretch. Uh, in the middle of the season where he was a cube, he was a, a top 10 quarterback for fantasy. Um, and that's again, where I bring in, you know, the stats about, Hey, Kirk cousins might be more of a, uh, you know, weekly flex guy, a guy that you can throw in depending on their, on their matchups, because last year he only scored uh 16.2 fantasy points per game, which was good for 16th. Not exciting there. Um, the very first six games on their slate, Travis, Packers, Colts, Titans, Texans, Seahawks, Falcons. Now, um, I don't know about you, but not a lot of those seemed like real barn burners. Maybe the Colts could get up there. The Texans, that that should be a, a, a pretty big score. Um, the only other confidence I would have, so Kirk Cousins, he he'd passed for 26 passing touchdowns last year and 3,600 yards. Uh, gets Gary Kubiak in, and we do know that Gary Kubiak runs a very efficient offense. His his quarterbacks 
aren't elite quarterbacks, certainly. But back in 2014, the last time he was an offensive coordinator, specifically not a head coach, just an offensive coordinator, Mr. Elite himself, Joe Flacco, threw for 316.44 fantasy points, which was ironically this exact same as Ben Roethlisberger that we were talking about uh, just a second ago. And so, you know, I just said that that was good enough for QB 12. The Vikings could be in some situations on where they're trailing from behind and Kirk Cousins could. He's definitely a good quarterback as far as on the field. But I don't know if he's going to be that way for fantasy. So I would sell Kirk Cousins this year uh, for fantasy. I would not be drafting yeah, I, him at that. Age. I was looking back, you know, kind of while you were going there, uh, looking back at some of the at the photograph that because every yeah, time I do, it makes you laugh. No, oh man, just want to get away from back <laughs> on the show at all costs. Uh, our subscriber count just went down by. <laughs> Do people love so Nickelback? Kirk, Nickelback. So Kirk Cousins, way. other than Peyton Manning, Kirk Cousins is probably going to be the best quarterback that Gary Kubiak has coached uh, as far as talent wise. And yes, I understand Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl and he had a hot offseason or a hot postseason that year that he did. But Joe Flacco is garbage. He's hot garbage. He's not elite. Um, and wow, is, you is sound like someone that got burnt by other than. No, I just think Joe Flacco is a joke. Um, Anyways, uh, Kirk Cousins is probably the most talented quarterback other than Peyton Manning, which was it was an aging Peyton Manning that uh, Gary Kubiak has coached. We actually saw two. I couldn't believe this. I did a double take here. We saw two years where Matt Schaub was a top 10 fantasy quarterback under uh, Gary Kubiak's system. So there is some hope here for Kirk Cousins. I just feel like we saw too many times last year where this team was so committed under Zimmer to just run the football and play to the defense, and it didn't matter. You're going to get games where Kirk Cousins throws for 30 times and and has a a decent top 10 week, but then you're going to get games where this team throws for 15 times, and it's just not enough volume. You know, you watch Stephon Diggs go away, so a lot of that pop goes out of this offense. I love Justin Jefferson. think he'll be a great play, but I can't bank that he's going to be a great play enough this year to make Kirk Cousins worth it. Um, I would rather take a chance at a Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. here, and, and then I would at a Kirk Cousins. And, I just uh, think there's way and the and the games that you were talking about, Travis, where Kirk Cousins did throw, they were obvious games. Like his his, if you were playing the streaming game, you would have made a good bet that Kirk Cousins was going to have a good game just because of the matchup. So uh, that's why I I think that you're better off with Kirk Cousins just as a streamer. Would you agree with that? I 100%. Yeah, 100%. So moving on to the tight end portion of the show, Johnny, we're going to talk here. Love the tight end position. Value tight ends. We're going to do a little buy and sell on these guys. We're going to start with uh, one of Johnny's favorites this year, a guy that he's actually kind of turned my head to, and that's Hayden Hurst of the Atlanta Falcons. He's going off as the 10th tight end off the board in the seventh round. Um, he's kind of creeping up. If you've watched his ADP over the last couple of weeks, obviously, because people are listening to the fantasy whispers, listening to big Travi, uh, talk about Hayden Hurst, take him in uh, every draft mock draft that yeah. we have. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Hayden Hurst. Johnny, are you buying or selling Hayden Hurst as the 10th tight end off the board? I was a hardcore buy on Hayden Hurst two months ago. And then I tell big Travi, about Hayden Hurst. And hey, and I will say I give him appreciation. He actually did admit it on the show just now. He gave me some shout outs. So I, I appreciate the love. 
and and what's not to get excited about? I got I got the the real OG right here on the wall, uh, Austin Hooper, who Hayden Hurst will be replacing in this offense. And and I understand we get excited, and there's a lot to to go off of because Austin Hooper was a top five tight end last year. Austin Hooper went in the double digit uh, rounds for for drafts, and so it's a lining up very very similar. But the difference is is that now we have a, a proven commodity, right? We know that we have vacated targets now in Atlanta, and we know that it was a t- the tight end position, and they get a athletic guy like Hayden Hurston, who Matt Ryan has already come out and said is the most most athletic tight end he's ever played with, which. It's kind of mind-boggling. He play with Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, like he played with Tony Gonzalez. He played with Austin Hooper, who we know is like really and just got like the highest contract for a tight end. And uh, he's actually never been on an actual football field, I don't believe, and played with Hayden Hurst, unless there's something I'm missing about in college or something. Yeah, so gassing him up, yeah. Big time. So um, maybe, hey, maybe Matt Ryan had him on his fantasy team and is trying to, you know, maybe trade him. Maybe yeah. he's trying to gas him up there's to trade no him. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I will say, someone brought up a great point. Uh, or it was Austin actually on on Monday's show, so I want to thank him for it because it is get, starting for me to get to a point, Travis, where Hayden Hurst is no longer the value that he used to be. He used to be, you know, the fifteenth uh, tight end off the board, and and when but now he's catching on. He's already moved up five spots from you know early early season to middle of this off season. Um, and I just think that that's going to continue to climb. And unfortunately, I think he's going to become like Hunter Henry was last year, where players are going to start taking him in the seventh round and you're kind of drafting him at his max value. So um, I already think he's I think this would be the absolute max I would pay for him. Uh, it would be tight end 10 coming off the board. I wouldn't go any higher because then you're you're risking. You know messing up yeah, the pick. I mean, you're, yeah, I, w- I would tend to agree with you that if he gets higher than this point, but I still think he is a value, and I still think you need to be looking at him um, at this point. There are guys that are going behind him that I just don't feel as comfortable on as a role. Well, that well I'm going to really change about, your mind. I'm going to change your mind in the show, it's, Travis. So It's really about... Uh, um, it's really about Atlanta as a as an offense and how consistently they have been in pass attempts uh, over the last ten years, eight years with with Matt Ryan. They always throw the ball. They are going to continue to throw the football. I I know they brought in Todd Gurley. I get that, but Todd Gurley is still a running back with an arthritic knee. That I think that they are going to you know continue to throw the football. So I, I don't mind what Johnny's saying here. I think it makes a lot of sense. Just continue to monitor Hayden Hurst ADP. If he gets any higher, it's going to be a little bit. It's going to be a lot more risky because he'll have to hit uh, in order to return that value. So we're going to go to another guy that's a little uh, of a you know oddball in the tight end group. But this this position is one that's so volatile that we need to talk about these guys. Um, out of Miami, Mike Kosicki is going as tight end twelve in the ninth round, nine oh two. So you might not realize this, but Mike Kosicki actually finished as the tight end number seven, or I'm sorry, that was, yeah, the tight end number seven last year. Um, Is that correct? Yeah, now i got to check myself. No, tight end 11. Sorry, I knew that was. I was like, oh, Uh, tight end. But you may not know that either, that he was starting tight end for the Miami Dolphins last year because obviously Devontae Parker got a lot of love. Preston Williams had some great games. But Kosicki actually ended up being a guy uh, that could go, 
<clears throat> that could go uh, a lot further down the field than people thought. And so, <laughs> yeah. So we'll uh, we'll just get into Mike Kosecki here for a second, Johnny. Tell tell the people what they should know about Mike here. So I I want to I'm about to I'm about to brighten Big Travi's day up right now. Brighter than it's already been. Uh, you could tell the the sun on his beautiful face there. He's been getting some. But I'm about to brighten it up even better because he just said there's not many more people uh, after Hayden Hurst that get him excited. So Whisper Nation and Chelsea, women behind the glass, we need to change that perspective. We got to get you guys excited. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to be the hype man right now. Mike Jacecki, people are just not, they're not catching up yet. But after the show, they will. And Mike Jacecki's value is probably going to skyrocket after the show. <laughs> because you look at, they didn't bring anybody else in uh, for the offensive weapons for uh, Miami as far as the wide receivers and pass catchers. They brought in some running backs, brought an offensive line, brought in uh, a, a quarterback in, in Tua, right? But Mike Jacecki last year, had, he played 69.5% of the snaps. He had a nice. very healthy yeah, very uh he had a very healthy 15% market share at the tight end position. Also very nice. Uh if you're telling me my tight end is getting 15% of their team's market share, I'm happy. I'm in a happy boat. He only had 32 receptions, which was a little bit low, but he did have 59 targets and I could definitely see that going up this year, Travis. All right. I want to really unveil why it's so exciting and why you should be so excited for Mike Jacecki because last year he played 34% 34.6% in the slot I just talked about how they have not brought any more pass catchers in on on this offense so you're giving you're basically getting a wide receiver. Look at some of these these big name wide receivers that we really like, and they're not even getting 34% in the slot. He had a very, very solid amount of yardage last year, 570 yards, five touchdowns. We know what rookie quarterbacks like to do when they come in. They like to target the the tight end position. Fitzmagic, I believe, is going to start this season. I think you look at their schedule, it is brutal. Like, they're, they're opening. They they start off probably with the, the, the two hardest games. They go New England, and we know that New England had the number one defense last year in fantasy. Uh, I, don't, I think it'll regress, but I digress. That's week one. And then week two, they play the Buffalo Bills, who I do think will have the best defense in the entire league. Uh, so back-to-back, very difficult weeks, one and two for Fitzmagic. Um, but I think my Jaseki is going to be a tight end that I will be stashing on a ton of my teams because I think his upside is a top-five tight end this year. Dang, top-five. Well, yeah. uh, I will say this. I think you know what, what a lot of people don't realize is how good of a prospect Mike Jacecki is uh, all of his metrics if you look at workout metrics based on playerprofile.com are in the top 95th percentile like yeah. he has got a great four or five speed um, his burst score is great his agility is great uh, they comped him to Vernon Davis who we know is a freak at the tight end position and spent a lot of good years getting down the field can't coach him can't coach him coach 
some of the efficiency uh, metrics for Gasecki are in the top uh, fifth or in the top ten. You know, his contested catch rate is thirty three point three percent. That's number four amongst tight ends. So that's something you like to see, especially no matter what happens. Only had two drops. Yeah, with Fitzmagic, and then if they go to Tua, which we know, if if you go to a rookie quarterback, we we have enough data to see that a rookie quarterback loves his tight end. But then if you're talking about contested catch rate being high up there too, which means he'll be forgiving for Tua, he could put it off the mark for Tua and and get it uh get it caught for him. So yeah, I think Kuseki's interesting, especially as a guy who was a starter and he's coming off the board as a as the the last tight end off the board. Um, he definitely has a real big shot to improve this season. I will say. Preston Williams only played in eight games last year, and in those eight games was pretty, pretty did pretty well. So if he plays a full season, you could see a target share uh, dip there. Don't know if it'll be exactly from him, but that's something to keep an eye on uh, if you believe in Preston Williams and his talent. But I want to talk about the guy next. This is the guy, you know, I ta- I said maybe Hayden Hurst I'm most excited about. I may be changing my tune big time on TJ Hawkinson, Johnny. TJ Hawkinson's the tight end 15 off the board. He's 10.02. Um, this was the best prospect out of the draft for tight ends last season. He was probably the one that everybody was most excited about. He came in and had some good games, then got injured. Um, so, And then obviously Matt Stafford went down. So TJ Hawkinson, um, maybe there's some recency bias for people, Johnny. Are you buying or selling him at the 10th round ADP, correct? Could it, currently. So... Um... That we will, we I do want to preface with Whisper Nation if they're like, hey, these these uh, ADP seem a little bit high for the tight end for these later round tight ends. It's because these are these are tight end premium rankings. Uh, so normally T.J. Hawkinson is even going undrafted or or sometimes in the fourteenth round. Um, or I'll tell you at the end of this entire episode what I like to do uh, in drafts, Whisper Nation. But T.J. Hawkinson, I digress. We'll get back to it. Listen, I I was off of the boat. I lo- I love T.J. Hawkinson as a, as a prospect. You look at everything that he he is on paper as a prospect, and you love it all. Like you're great blocker, good pass catcher. Uh, contested catch rate was thirty six. I mean, you talked about thirty three percent for Jacecki. Uh T.J. Hawkinson was at thirty six percent, thirty six point four. Uh, very similar in targets and receptions for Jaseki or as Jaseki. So rightfully, it would be like if I'm high on Jaseki, I'm going to be high on T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, the other thing that I will say is with T.J. Hawkinson over Jaseki, I'm more confident in Jaseki or in and T.J. Hawkinson's offense. Like I'm more confident in Matthew Stafford chucking the ball for 5,000 yards than I am for Tua and Fitzmagic being able to chuck for even 4,000 yards. So uh, for TJ Hawkinson, if you're waiting and people are just grabbing up a lot of these tight ends, I like this guy. He's going to stay on the field. He's a good blocker. Big Travi just said it. And the other, what what I say that I liked about Mike Jacecki about the slot, he played so much in the slot. Well, Guess who else plays a lot in the slot? T.J. Hawkinson, thirty-two percent of the of the time. And yeah, I understand that the uh, Detroit added a wide receiver in the draft, but uh, we we have condition. You know, wide receivers don't tip, rookie wide receivers don't typically pop off right away. All this stuff. So you're looking at the third best option in that heavy pass up pass off offense. Sign me up. I like T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, yeah I think Hawkinson's. Uh, I think he might be going later right now than he was going last year, which is kind of yeah. wild to me when we saw what he was able to do when he was on the field. 
And we saw that a lot of his production down the stretch could be directly attributed to the fact that Matt Stafford was not there. Um, so I will just say this about TJ Hawkinson. Like Johnny said, the offense is one you can trust uh, probably as much as any of that we're going to talk about in today's show um, based on the efficiency in the offense. And Hawkinson is a you know prospect you could trust. So I think we... T- We've seen historically uh, inconsistent seasons out of rookies, uh, rookie tight ends. We could see a very big sophomore season out of TJ Hawkinson here, um, and he's he's a great value at tight end 15. All right, so our final value uh, at tight end position is Jonu Smith. He's going off the board as tight end 17 uh, in the 10th round, the end of the 10th in these tight end premium uh, ADPs. So, Johnny, Jonu Smith has kind of had to buy his time. Obviously, we've had to wait for Delaney Walker to do his thing. But you believe that Jonu Smith time is now, don't you? You uh, believe that you're you're buying into Jonu Smith. He's one of your favorite late-round guys when we mock draft. Why is Whisper Nation needing to pay attention to Jonu Smith here? Because they want to win their league. That's why. Um, last year, we gave you uh, Mark Andrews, Mark Mandrews, friend of the show, uh, we told show. you we told you to draft him, and what did he do? He popped off. He was he was a great tight end for you. Um, two years ago, we were talking about George Kittle. We didn't think that he could do what he did, um, but he, we certainly were talking about George Kittle. And the list can go on. Like I feel so confident in picking out tight ends, which is why I never go with the early round tight end uh, options. Because I feel so confident in grabbing my tight ends. I feel good in how I evaluate the tight end position. And so I love waiting and kicking. I told Whisper Nation I was going to hold a secret for him till later. My whole secret with the tight end position, I especially in this draft, is I will punt the position. I will let other people draft their, their tight ends, especially in the middle rounds. Go ahead and take those guys. And I'm going to grab a couple of these guys that we talked about today at the end of my draft. I'm going to stash two of them and give myself two dart throws because I feel confident that one if not all of these guys on this list are going to pop off, um, I would I would guarantee that two of these guys are going to finish as top eight tight ends. That's how confident I am, Whisper Nation. Um, but Jonu Smith will head that entire thing. I w- that's why I'm so I'm I'm happy when when Travis takes Hayden Hurst in mock drafts. I, I'm like okay with it because he can no longer. Well, he can, and now he probably will because I'm talking about it on the show. But Jonu Smith is so incredibly uh, undervalued right now, and and fantasy community has not come around to it yet, but I'm sure they will because I'm now talking about it. No more Delaney Walker. He's gone. He finally took my advice and and continued with his Walker right out the door and and staying that way in retirement. Thank goodness. Jeez. Uh, now Jonu Smith gets a full opportunity. He played. He already played on seventy four percent of last year's snaps. I expect that to go up. Uh, not as much in the slot. He didn't play as much in the slot. Only seventeen percent. But that's okay because he had forty five targets last season. 35 receptions for 439 yards and three touchdowns, uh, which I I think can all go up. I I think it's easy that he gets into the 600 uh, yard reception uh, area. I think it's touchdowns. He's a big, big guy, big tight end um, that I believe he used to play basketball. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty positive on that. Um, Anyway, he's going to be a guy whose his touchdowns are going to get up and look, 
We all know that that Ryan Tannehill likes to throw to the tight end position. He's done it several several years in his career. And I'll top it off. This is where, where it ends. First three games, Broncos, Jags, Vikings, Steelers. The only I was one you said the hoping you said the Cardinals in there somewhere. Then no, I, uh, I would, and that's something I want to. I mean, great point you brought up. Cardinals will not be last. Do not fall for that anymore because we we just drafted uh, Simmons, who is the best uh, linebacker to keep up with the tight end. So Cardinals will not be the worst uh, team against the tight end this year. You can put that in notes. I guarantee that. But. None of these. I mean, Broncos. You're not afraid of that defense for the, you know, for, for your tight end. Jags, nope. Uh, Vikings, you know, maybe that would be the first concern. But you're week three. You're already getting a good sample size and seeing whether Jonu Smith is going to be a good tight end. And it's a, it's free. It's a free stab. I'm telling you, Jonu Smith is going to be. Yeah, the ADP is fantastic. Uh, he is a great prospect. He's been compared to David Njoku as far as athletics. And I would like to just bring up the fact that sometimes with tight ends, they take two to three years to develop. This is Jonu Smith's third year. He is now going to have all the opportunity to be the guy. So, yes, just based on pure opportunity and talent, he looks intriguing. Then you talk about the offense. You know, this is a pound him offense. It's going to move the ball down the field, move the chains. And Jonu Smith has every shot to be the number two receiving option behind A.J. Brown in this offense. We've seen it um, before with – Ryan Tannehill, as Johnny was saying. So I think Jonas Smith's worth it, especially he's the last guy we're talking about today. People are not even drafting him in some instances. Um, And I think that's depending on your league. And so I think that's what makes him a huge value here. And I wouldn't be surprised as Johnny was saying, you know, I think Johnny, you did a pretty good job convincing me, uh, on, on Jacecki and Jonas Smith here. So I appreciate the the research whisper nation. We want to know what you think. Who are your quarterback tight end values, guys that are not really going uh, in the early rounds that you want to talk about, you want to take a stab at? Let us know in the comments below or hit us up on social media in our DMs. We would appreciate it. For Chelsea Lee Byers, Johnny Game Time Hicks, I am Big Travi, and we are the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.